Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. Uh, 59.3 million for Aaron Rodgers. Don't forget, don't forget the, the, the... 0. 0.5, 0.5. 59.5, yeah. 0.5. Yeah, you were saying it was a $50 million roster bonus. 59 yeah, it's it's a fifty eight point three option bonus plus a one point one million dollar base salary. <laughs> <laughs> Even the Packers would look at you if you walked away from it and say, "What, bro? What are you doing? <laughs> can't, what, what are you doing? Can't do Garland ESPN Radio. We are presented by our friends at Progressive Insurance. Awesome news we got earlier today about Demar Hamlin. Let's let Timothy Pritz, Doctor Timothy Pritz, who is overseeing Hamlin's condition tell you the latest. We would like to share that there has been substantial improvement in his condition over the past 24 hours. Uh, we had significant concern um, about him after the injury and after the event that happened on the field, uh, but he is making substantial progress. Uh, as of this morning, uh, he is beginning uh, to awaken, uh, and it appears that his neurological uh, condition and function is intact. Uh, we are very pr- uh, proud to report that. Very happy for him uh, and for his family and for the Buffalo Bills organization uh, that he is making an improvement. Uh, he continues to be critically ill uh, and continues to, to undergo intensive care uh, in our surgical and trauma ICU. Uh, he's being uh, cared for by uh, ICU uh, neurocritical care teams, trauma surgery, uh, and a cardiology team, as well as our expert nurses uh, and respiratory uh, therapists. Uh, They are attending to him, and he still has uh, significant progress that he needs to make. Uh, But this this marks a really good turning point uh, in his ongoing care. Neurologically intact, the best two words that you could hear in all of it. And the thing to keep in mind is doctors just don't float this stuff out there and let it be, you know, we're feeling good about it or anything like that. Doctors do not hold a news conference today unless this is really, truly definitive, positive news headed in the right direction. And so you don't have to speculate about where this was headed. No, and we knew that the first 72 hours it was going to be touch and go. And Carlin, they weren't going to say anything definitively until they knew exactly what the prognosis for DeMar was going to be. But the fact that he's been responsive, he's been holding the hands of family members and gripping them, um, there's been movement. Uh, in response to commands, and then the fact that he had the wherewithal to ask who won the game, Carlin, mm. when they were able to ask him questions, he wrote that down, and the doctors responded to him and said, you're the one that won the game, the game of life. I, I mean, it's, this was scary. I, I know for me it's the scariest moment I've ever had in football, and it feels like this story is going to have a happy ending, and for that – I am full of gratitude today. And we just uh, are so happy that the positive news is there for DeMar and for his family, first and foremost. It's it's terrific to hear. Meanwhile, within just the last half hour or so, uh, Sean McDermott, Josh Allen, uh, members of the Bills organization addressing the media for the first time. Here is McDermott 
on today's update about tomorrow. Yeah, very encouraging. Uh, we've been getting uh, incremental updates. Um, and Brandon uh, and Nate, Brandon being uh, and Nate Bresky, Nate being our head trainer, uh, as well as to Bonnie, uh, Richard stayed behind in Cincinnati at the hospital. They've been there the whole time. And um, so my hat goes off to them as well. And, and uh, uh, But they've been giving us updates, or uh, DeMar's doctors have been giving uh, our doctors updates, uh, Dr. Bissan here in town. And then the updates have flowed basically through either Brandon uh, and Nate or Dr. Bissan or directly from DeMar's doctors. And uh, the news has been very encouraging as, as we all are up to date at this point. And listen, for Sean McDermott, uh, when you hear that the first thing that he said to Zach Taylor when Zach Taylor walked across the field the other night was, I need to go be with DeMar. Hmm. I mean, it tells you about Sean McDermott and it tells you uh, about his leadership of an organization and how he feels about his players and hearing him talk about that. Yes. He's talking about how they've been able to keep updated, but can you imagine what the last few days have been like for guys like that? No, I can't Carlin. And I couldn't put myself in the shoes of the guys that are in that locker room for the Buffalo bills. And even for the players from the Cincinnati Bengals who were there on the field when it happened and they witnessed the EMTs, the emergency medical personnel responding to DeMar's crisis on the field and having to resuscitate him. I couldn't imagine seeing that and then being able to turn the page and get ready to play football this weekend. So I, I just, it, it, it's, it was traumatic for me. It was traumatic for them. It was traumatic for everybody that saw it, everybody that calls himself a fan of football. And for Sean McDermott and Zach Taylor, and the people from those organizations that are in charge of being responsive when we have crises like this, the NFL, they all did a tremendous job, Carlin. And I understand this is this is in their purview, this is in their job description, but with what we saw on Monday night, this feels like they went well above and beyond yeah. in this situation to be a part of the support system that save this young man's life. And it feels like I've seen a couple of different things. Albert Breer was one NFL reporter uh, who had written about it, about one particular member of the Bills training staff who was the one who administered the CPR on the field mm -hmm. and recognized it right away and is probably the reason why he's alive today. Yeah. I mean, uh, just the They're way... They're heroes, Carlos. They are. They're heroes. They are. There's no other way to look at it. They are. They are heroes. Finally, here's Josh Allen talking about how Sean McDermott handled the entire situation. The way he handled it was... He was a perfect man in that situation to handle that, that type of situation. I, I can't say enough what he did, what he said to us in the locker room. Um, obviously just a, a, a dire circumstance that nobody's expecting, nobody's ready for. There's nothing that you can train about doing. Like You can never put yourself in that situation until it happens. We talked about this yesterday, that how players felt yesterday versus how they're going to feel today versus how they're going to feel Friday. It can all change very dramatically. And the league still has not figured out how they're going to move forward. And we'll get to that in a second. But if you're a member of the Buffalo Bills today, if you're a member of the Cincinnati Bengals today, knowing that you have gotten positive news on the status of DeMar Hamlin, how much does that change your outlook here moving forward? Because I have to, just being blunt about it, 
It's going to affect how everybody feels about the situation. There's no getting around that. Oh, of course there is, Carlin, but I think this has the potential to be a positive impact on this team. Yeah. Because NFL teams and locker rooms have a funny way of, and maybe funny is not the word, but they have a way, Carlin, of being able to galvanize around crises. When things happen that impact somebody in the family, um, there ends up being a situation where it draws the players closer to one another. And after an incident like Monday night, I don't know how you couldn't be closer to all of your teammates seeing your, not only your football mortality, but your, your life, you know, and seeing the risks of playing this game. It just brings everybody closer. And because the bills are so close to it, having this situation happen to one of their brothers, I think this could be a situation where it's just going to make everybody draw closer to one another, and it's also going to make those players rally around DeMar in his recovery. It, to me, it's not outside of the realm of possibility that this becomes a season that they dedicate to DeMar mm-hmm. because of what he's gone through and why he was sacrificing You know, up until that point. It's for that team to compete at a championship level. And it and it would not surprise me if this is one of those things that that galvanizes the Buffalo Bills late in the season on into the playoffs. KT and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. We are presented by our friends at Progressive Insurance. And then there's the league now moving forward where the Bills and Bengals go from here, but where the entire picture goes from here. Now, there have been a number of different scenarios that have been discussed, one of which was maybe they add an additional playoff team just for this year yep. so that there is a competitive balance in that if one team that was fighting hard or two teams that were fighting hard to try to get the top overall seed in the AFC uh, now cannot do that because of what happened the other night, well, what if we put everything on a level playing field And nobody got buys, and they would then have to do that in the NFC as well. That's one thing that was talked about. There's another thing that was talked about is something that Adam Schefter uh, brings up right here uh, in regards to how the league could possibly proceed. Here's the other one that's garnered a lot of conversation within the league office. They would essentially go, again, to win percentage. And in the end, if it involves the Bills, the Chiefs, the Bengals, one of the teams impacted by Monday night along with the team that was in command of the number one seed like the Chiefs are right now, if they can win on Saturday, what the league could opt to do is make the conference championship game played on a neutral site. Now, to get to that point, before the league could get there, it would have to take votes of 32 owners and get approval of that plan. I mean, at that point, I'd rather them just do a coin flip with all three of the teams and let's call it a day. Yeah. Yeah, let's see who gets the number one seed that way. I I, I can't stand this idea that we have to chase after fairness, Carlin, because we're talking about something that is literally an act of God. This is a force majeure situation. It's not going to be fair. And the NFL should understand that coming out of the last two seasons and having to deal with COVID in the middle of a pandemic, knowing how – So many teams were negatively impacted with guys being in and out of the lineup through no fault of their own. This is a situation where you have to acknowledge it was a crisis. The NFL did the right thing in suspending the game because there's no way those players could have gone on and played that game given what they saw with DeMar. There's no reason that we have to make this up, Carlin. 
There's no reason why we have, let's move forward. We can base it off a winning percentage. And if the Bills and the Bengals don't get the number one seed, it ends up being the Chiefs, then so be it. I mean, it, it, the Chiefs at this point, uh, if they end up at 14-3 and three, and the Bills end up at 13-3, and three, is it unfortunate? It is. There, there's no getting around that. But the win percentage uh, in that spot is just the simplest and easiest way to go. Yeah. And I, I hate to say it, but in each and every season, somebody's getting hosed. Whether it's an on-field call, whether it's an injury at the wrong time, some team, at least one, if not multiple teams, are getting hosed somewhere along the line. Yeah. So, in terms of fairness, fairness doesn't necessarily matter here. Yeah. It really doesn't. Let's all just acknowledge what happened the other night and the best way to move forward. The best way to move forward is not all of a sudden to move the goalposts and add an eighth playoff team in each conference when all season long you have set it at seven and this is the way it has been. Now we're going to completely change the dynamic of the playoffs and take away a bye week from a team, whether it's Philadelphia or whoever in the NFC, that has earned it. They earned it. That's what I think. Why why strip that away from Philadelphia or San Francisco? In the interest of fairness. In the interest of fairness to the Bills, the Bengals, we're going to make it unfair to the Eagles or the 49ers if they get to one seed. That makes no sense, Carlin. None. That's bass backwards. We just have to acknowledge that there are going to be some things that come up that are unfair. Earlier this year, the Buffalo Bills had to deal with something that was unfair. They had a home game stripped away from them because it was a blizzard in western New York. They played in Detroit. Carlin, they played in Detroit. Now, they were able to sell some tickets in Detroit. But they didn't play in their home stadium. They didn't have the chance to sleep in their own beds. They didn't have a chance to be in their own locker room in the pregame. They had to mobilize and leave Buffalo and play in Detroit, won that game against the Cleveland Browns, fly back to Buffalo, and then two days later fly back to Detroit and play on Thanksgiving Day. Was that fair to the Buffalo Bills to have to do that, to essentially play two road games in four days? No. But that's just the reality of it. Carlin. 2012, Hurricane Sandy hit the tri-state area in October. We had to play a game that weekend against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm sleeping in a house that's 50 degrees because I don't have power. Was that fair to me? No. But that's just what it is. So in this situation, and I get it, this is unprecedented. We've never had something like this happen before in the modern NFL or at least in the last 40 years. Carl, I get it. I understand it. You want to explore all of the different possibilities, the different machinations. But you're not going to get to fairness. Fair is a place where they judge pigs at. This is the reality of the situation. The Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals are not going to have a chance to make up the game because of where we are in the NFL calendar, and that's okay. We can still move forward. Both of those teams are in the playoffs, and they're going to have a chance to compete for a championship. Do you expect one other thing that they had talked about? This is exactly what Adam told you a few minutes ago. Do you expect that they will now turn – and put the AFC Championship game in a neutral spot because of what's transpired. Why? Why? Whoever I agree. the number one seed is, the, the, if they, they make get it, it, if they make it to the championship rounds, then great. And if they don't, then whoever the second seed is or whoever the third seed is, so on and so forth. It doesn't make sense to make it a neutral site AFC. What you're doing there is you're punishing more than the one team that's getting punished. <laughs> that's what it boils down to. Now you're just punishing multiple teams. For what's happened. And here's the other thing, Carlin. There's no guarantee 
that the Bengals or the Bills were going to win that game. No, no guarantee. No. We can't say definitively that the Bengals would have won just because they were leading. We can't say definitively that the Bills would have won. So, I, I again, I, I get everybody saying, well, it's unfair. It doesn't seem right. Yes, I get it. It doesn't seem fair. It's not fair. We have to get past that. We're grownups. The reality of the situation is we had a player whose life was in the balance on Monday Night Football that forced us to take to take football and make it take a backseat. Mm-hmm. And that was the right thing to do. And now we have to move on. We're, we're, we're moving on. Now that we've got the positive news from DeMar, we just need to focus on getting back to play. And, Carlin, I, I don't think we need to – go through any more gymnastics about what we should do with the season in the interest of fairness. We do have one call I wanted to get in. That's Bob in North Carolina up real quick. Here, Bob, what's going on, Bob? How are you? You're on ESPN Radio. Hey, I agree with everything you guys are saying, but one of the things that I'd like to have somebody with a voice carry the torch over is every football player that didn't get hurt in one play but got hurt in hundreds of plays, didn't get paid, didn't work three and a half years in the league, and don't have insurance to take care of this health. So I think it's, it's you know, I'm, thank God this kid is, is getting better. But, mm-hmm. man, the NFL and the league have to fight harder for these people who did all these things and got hurt over the course of years that are 35, retired, crippled, and can't work because of some of the things that are wrong with them, and they don't have health insurance? Are you kidding me? It's insane. Well, Bob, it's anyway, something that we're fight- fighting. It's it's something that we're fighting for. The NFLPA is always fighting for that, and we're fighting against the owners. And why I praised the NFL earlier this week is because it seemed like in Monday night they put the humanity and the well-being of all of the players in front of the bottom line, which is not something that we're accustomed to saying about the NFL. Now, it's my hope that the NFL would continue to operate like that. But I do also acknowledge that the NFL is a business ran by billionaires. The one thing that I would say, and I think the lesson that's there to be learned for all of us, is to, like the NFL on Monday night, see the humanity in players, not just in times of crisis, but at all times. So when we're at the negotiating table, when we're talking about labor agreements between the union and the NFL owners, when players are negotiating for contracts and there's a potential holdout situation. Fans typically jump to the owner side of it because the team is going to be around a lot longer than the player. But just realize that the players are advocating for past players, for current players, for future players in those moments. And fans need to acknowledge the risks that come along with playing this game in those moments and give us more support. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. Speaking of which, there might be some guys looking for some jobs early next week. Yeah. You know what time of year it is. It's the time of year when we inevitably see a good amount of turnover in NFL head coaching positions. Are there one or two that could absolutely be in the fray when it comes to changes that you might not necessarily expect. We'll tell you next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. Your parents are in town for the for their anniversary? Yes. Well, actually, no. They're in town because we have some family friends whose daughter is recently engaged, and the engagement party is this weekend, but New York City is my mom's favorite city in the world. You know, they live here for decades um, and so dad thought it would be a good idea to fly her in town for a celebration of their anniversary. And, uh, money bags took us out to dinner last night. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, it was my plan. Did you stick for, it to him? Well, no, I, here's the thing. You my, were going to pay for my it. My wife and I were going to pay for it. Yeah. And money bags went off and said he was going to the restroom. And they pulled and, that move. And, and he, and he pulled the waiter aside and paid the bill. Will your dad ever let you pay the bill? No. Yeah. No, it's a fight to pay the bill. It's, it's yeah. one of those strange things, like yeah. like you can't do anything for me because I'm your father. Yeah. Type of deal, and that's why I call it money bag. My father in law is the same way. Yeah. Exact same way. Yeah. But my it, mom is not that way. By the way, <laughs> just so we're clear, mom is not that way. Mom has no reservations for letting me pay. Yeah. And when we go into the store. Mom has no reservations about letting me know what she likes. 52 years. Yeah, 52 years. Wow. Carla, 52 years? Wow. 52 years. And they both say, yeah, I really still don't know your mom or still don't know your dad all the way. <laughs> I'm like, what? Y'all been together 52 years? He's like, yeah, you know, I know what they're going to do 95% of the time, but it's that other 5% that's a wild card. <laughs> I'm like, damn. That's so they, what I have to look forward to. So they flew up for that. How, they're in town for a few days. Yeah, they're in town through the weekend. So, so I have a just, it's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. I, I've been wrestling with something, a decision I made last week, uh, over the last week, involving flying. And I got to get your take on this. Hmm. Because, so I am not this guy usually, all right? I am not. You know, Mr. Status, Mr. Upgrade, all that kind of stuff. I'll just, I'll get on the plane, but given my girth and the size of my body. You're girthy. Yes. <laughs> I'm girthy. I'm plump. I'm not small. Economy Plus has become a must in my flying situation. Mm-hmm. So last week, I'm looking at my... I'm in a frequent flyer for United. 
Hmm. I'll just tell you. And so I, I thought that I had come close to reaching the goal to maintain the gold level status. Yes. Which the all the gold level status means to me is that I can book a flight and at that very moment get economy plus for free. Nice. And book it immediately. There you go. As opposed to waiting till like the day before when it might be free, but then you might be economy plus middle seat and mm. limited recline and you got all those kinds of things. So last week because I was a little bit short on a day off I actually just booked a flight and flew to Tampa back and forth in the same day. That is ridiculous, by the way. <laughs> is it? It is. Uh, you, you this is why I've been wrestling with this. So you burned five hours out of your day. No, more like eight. You burned, <laughs> so you burned your day. Yes. Just to maintain gold status where you could book and get the Economy Plus for free. Well, here's the thing. So it cost me a few hundred bucks to do it. Yes. And it cost you time. It did cost me time. Yes. But the few hundred bucks I'm going to make back because, you know, those things are like it's not 65, 70 bucks yeah, a pop yeah, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's expensive, yeah. And I, I, I had flown 16 times last year. Yeah. So the struggle for big guys I, is I, real. I, I get it. Yes, but I, I just struggle with the notion of I'm a, like that word status. That gives me... I'm. I've never been really all that interested in status. Yeah. I'm just the guy. Yeah. So now I'm maintaining my gold status, and I'm spending money. Look at me throwing it around. Well, you're not throwing it around. <laughs> it's the airlines making big people pay the tax for being big. I don't blame them. I, I, do you? Do you eh, ever listen? Eh, what was? Listen, just not out the of the most democratized way to go about things. Okay, but. At the this same is another time, one of those I've, things that's unfair. Here's, but here's, no, it's not unfair. This you is know unfair. Why? This it's is unfair. not unfair. It's not unfair because I put myself in this situation. <laughs> Much like the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson with his contract, I put myself in but this situation. But flying is not optional for you. No, it's not. But was but what was optional was eating those four bagels. <laughs> Stop yourself. Okay? Now listen, I got to this point. Do you ever get the look? When you are sitting in a seat on the plane mm-hmm. and people are coming on board. Yeah. And they realize. That I'm oh, sitting next to them? Yes. Yeah. I got the look, but Carlin, I'm giving a look back like, look here. I'm going to be comfortable. This armrest is mine. If I'm not comfortable, ain't nobody comfortable. <laughs> and that's just where I'm at with it. That's just where I'm at with it. Now, yeah. listen. <laughs> it's funny. When I was playing, I refused. Refused. To fly first class. Mm. I refused. Really? I just I refused it. I was the exit row pro. Like, it was all about getting the exit row, making sure I booked far enough in advance where I could get the exit row. Sometimes the exit row is better. Yeah, but that's what I said. I wanted yeah. the exit row that had to recline because, you know, there are usually two sets of exit row seats yep. back to back. Yeah. And one doesn't recline. The other one does. So I wanted the exit row that reclined, the one closest to the window, ironically, because I wanted to be able to lean on the side of the plane and go to sleep. So that was my, that's where I That's live. your move. But but when people would come and sit next to me in the exit row, there's not a lot of room. The armrests aren't that big in the exit row. And, and sometimes would, would, those seats they, in the exit row are locked in. Like, they don't they, move they at don't all. They don't move at all. And they don't move at all. I'm trying to squeeze, you know, two pounds of bologna in a one-pound bag yeah, there. Yeah, that, that was when I was like 24, 25, Carlin, and I was about 300 pounds as opposed to 340 now. Mm. I could get away with it. Can't do that now. But all I'm simply saying is they would come and look at me, and I'm just like, sorry, partner, them be the brakes. But 
Nowadays, See, I'm with you. I'm I'm all about Economy Plus on a rare occasion, flying first class. Like that's where I live now because I realize I can't make it work any other way. But you got to pay for that. But my immediate reaction, like your reaction, is well, if I'm not comfortable, nobody is. Yes. My immediate reaction when I see somebody and they realize they're sitting next to me is just to start apologizing. <laughs> like, I, I know. That's your default? Listen, I know. I know. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to keep us all happy here. I, I know. But they're not going to be happy throw, and you're not going to be happy. And you can throw an elbow into my ribs. I'm good with that if, you know. Now, here's the one thing I would do. If it was just so ridiculous and the seats were tiny enough where I was infringing on that other person that much, yeah, I would buy them around. I would buy them around on the plane. Okay. I'd get you around. Hey, get you around. Or if you wanted a snack or something, I'll, I'll spring for it. I got, I got the $9 snack box. There you go. There you go. There you, listen, that was it's the way on to me. go. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's cheaper than a first-class ticket. Here's how I have, uh, unfortunately, always ultimately measured my health. Hmm. Have I gotten to the point where I need the seatbelt extender? And my answer has always been no. I haven't reached that point ever yet. It has been very close. It has been very close. Now you're shaming me, Carlin. No, I don't mean to shame you. Now you're shaming me because I do need the seatbelt extender. Here's the problem. You're six foot eight. Yeah. You are naturally huge and you don't look like you weigh 340 pounds. You don't. Yeah, but you just said. The, I the, 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 am six foot You just said the pounds. litmus was if you need the seatbelt. For seat, me. But still, I need the seatbelt extender. What are you saying to all of the people that need the seatbelt extender? What I'm saying is, for me. You're saying you're. Hey, that's where. Ha, hey, I know I'm fat, but at least I don't need the seatbelt extender. No. Thanks a lot, Carl. No. Thanks no, a lot, partner. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, for me, if I have reached that level. Then it's really time to look in the mirror about the situation. That 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 has only been, and trust me when I tell you, it has been close. <laughs> there was a flight, that, that second Tampa flight last week, I was jamming that sucker in there. I thought this would be a safe space. We are a show for the big, the bold, and the bearded. We are. And you just fat shamed me. I did not mean you to. Did, but you did. It's height shame. You're, you're, you're just naturally the seat huge. The extender is that? not for your height, sir. It's just not. <sighs> Thank you very much. Take us to break. Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio. That did not go the way I thought it would. Not at all. And it hasn't gone the way that many coaches in the NFL thought it would. <laughs> we'll explain who might be on the next plane out of town next. Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. 
However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. The poll is up at Chris Carlin on Twitter, at ChrisCanty99. Is the need for a seatbelt extender on a plane a good gauge of health? <laughs> I'm not shaming anybody. You, you I'm did fatter shame, than anybody. You did, you did shame me. No. I'm disappointed in you because I didn't think you would take it there. Oh, stop it. We're supposed to be a safe space for the big, the bold, and the bearded. Listen. And you just, and you just flew in the face of that. I, I will say that, like, there was a guy who was sitting across the aisle from me, bald, bearded, big, on the same flight. Mm-hmm. Looked over at one another at one point. Yeah, I know. I know. Hmm. Yeah. You know that, like, yeah, uh, yeah we're, yeah. I know. I'm sorry. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN app, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. There are, as Canty put it probably a few weeks ago, usually right around 25% of the teams in the NFL that are looking for a coach at the end of the year. When we look at what the potential changes are for this coming offseason, how many different openings will there be we already have three mm-hmm. that we know of uh you know with the changes that have been made already and what do we got denver we got indianapolis uh and what's the third who am i missing there you he, got denver you've got indy yep carolina and we've got carolina carolina matt, matt rule right uh and steve wilk so there's three let's see what we're looking at here i'm going to throw a couple at you mm-hmm. and you tell me if they're going to be looking for a new head coach yeah Let's start in the NFC East, Washington. Yeah. The decision that Ron Rivera made a couple of weeks ago when he went with Carson Wentz over Taylor Heineke was what sealed his fate. It's already a franchise that's looking to turn the page. They're anticipating that there's going to be new ownership this offseason with Dan Snyder hiring Bank of America to field offers and filter through all of that stuff. I I can see a world where – new ownership decides that they want to put their stamp on things by having a new head coach and not doing the Denver Broncos model, which is rolling with a head coach that new ownership didn't hire in that offseason. So I think that it's all but all but certain that after the team fumbled the bag down the stretch and lost, uh, what is it, they haven't won a game in, in, in the last month or so? You're talking about the last time they won a game, November 27th? I, I could see a world where... Ron Rivera gets clipped. Saints. Yeah. Yeah. Dennis Car- Allen's out of there. Carolina, we know already. Atlanta. Yeah. Arthur Smith, you think he's done? Yeah, he's done. Here's the thing. He finished in third in the conference. I mean, third in the division last year. He's at the bottom of the division this year. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, I, I it's not going in the right direction. So, he doesn't get any break given what happened at quarterback? No. Okay. Uh, Arizona. Yeah. Okay, so we're at, uh, what, seven now? Mm-hmm. Six, seven? No, um, we're at six right now, right? We're at six right now. Yeah. Uh, all right. AFC, uh, nobody in the AFC. He's solid safe, right? Yeah, he's safe. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Stefanski safe? He's got to be, doesn't he? With what happened with Deshaun Watson and saddling him with Jacoby Brissett for the majority of the season, he's got a playoff win under under his belt. 
in in Cleveland. He's got a coach of the year under his belt. I I, I don't think you can fire him. I don't think so either. Um, they're not firing Mike Vrabel in Tennessee. No. He just won the battle with the general manager. That's why they fired John Robinson. Yep. Yeah. Vrabel will be there. Vrabel is a top five to seven coach in the NFL. He, and I'm saying, like, if they made the dumb mistake of firing Vrabel, he, Vrabel, he would have a job in four seconds. Yeah. Uh, Houston. Yes. Love he's, love, love, he's love he's out of there. Yeah. Uh, the Raiders. Nah. Felt like with the decision that they're benching Carr and, and moving off of him, that they know who their next quarterback is going to be. Speculation around Tom Brady. I think that could be a situation where we see those two reunite. Um, so, no, I don't see Josh McDaniels going anywhere. And I'll throw one last one at you. What's that? They lose this week, or they lose in round one, the Chargers. Oh, I think he, unless they get to the conference championship game, Brandon Staley's probably going to be fired. You think if they get to the divisional weekend and lose, yeah. he's out? Yeah, he's out. Wow. He's out. Wow. Now, I mean, now, that's now, tough. Now, 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 here's the thing. Word on the street is the quarterback doesn't like the head coach. Oh. So that's well. a problem in an offseason where you're going to have to make a quarter of a billion dollar commitment to him, mm-hmm. to Justin Herbert. And, Carlin, let, let's not forget this. It's not like this is unprecedented for a coach to win a playoff game and get fired. The Tennessee Titans did it in 2017 with Mike Malarkey. They fired him after his second season, and he won a playoff game. Yep. And they hired Mike Vrabel. Won. How did that work out for the Titans? Yep. They upgraded that coach. Yep. And with Sean Payton out there and all the pieces on that team, you mean to tell me that that wouldn't be an attractive job? One I left out here, if they lose, Cowboys. Oh, yeah, the Cowboys got to get to the conference championship game, too. So that's 10 we could have. Well, yeah, Carlin, we usually see seven or eight jobs open up every single year. Last year, what was it, nine jobs that opened up? So there's usually about a quarter of the league that turns over at the head coaching spot. You know who it's good to be right now? Sean Payton. There you go. It is amazing to be Sean Payton right now. (laughs) Canty and Carlin, weekdays at 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio. You can also listen and watch on the ESPN app.